SEO, or search engine optimization, is the discipline of constructing your content in a way that artificial intelligence, search engines, and software algorithms of all types can easily identify both the content and the quality of what you create. They have been tasked to scour the internet and return relevant content. Our job is to make it easy for them to do that. Today, I will talk about approaching SEO for content creators. This is Bill Strand, and you are listening to the Niche Content Creator Podcast. No matter what platform we are creating content for, there is always a search algorithm analyzing what we have created and trying to figure out who needs to see it. SEO is top of the mind for anyone creating a blog or website, but I think some of that has been lost as social media has taken the spotlight. And for some creators, they never went through the blog stage. Social media is all they have known. But even then, there is a constant reference to a shadowy algorithm. Just tap into the creator community on Instagram, TikTok, or YouTube, and you will find an avalanche of posts talking about how to beat the algorithm. So, how do we beat the algorithm? How do we game the system? Well, there's always the short-term hacks and shortcuts that some people love to jump on. Like, remember on Instagram when we found out that the algorithm valued how many times a post was viewed? And the trick was to create a very short reel with a wall of text so the viewer would have to repeat view to read it all? That is a hack. And it works until the Instagram engineers catch on and fix the loophole, which they do pretty quickly. And then the hack gurus are well on their way to find the next loophole. This is an exhausting way to live. And, although I understand the excitement of discovering a trick and this constant one-upmanship with the engineers at Instagram Homebase, I have to point out that the more time you spend playing this chess game with a software program, the less time you are spending concentrated on your followers. The long-term approach is to realize that the algorithm is looking for something. Generally, it is looking to provide the best content to the people it is serving. And those would be your current and potential followers it is serving. So instead of trying to trick the algorithm into promoting your content, you could always work with the algorithm and make its job easier to know what your content is about. Now, I do have to acknowledge that we do need to know what the algorithm is looking for. The Google search algorithm, TikTok, and Instagram selection algorithm do have different priorities. And although we should always have our followers' best interests at heart, it does pay to give the algorithm what it's looking for. What is that? Well, it is quite simple. Figure out how the platform makes money, and that will lead you right to what the algorithm is looking for. So before we go into specifics of what we can do with our content, let's get a lay of the land with regard to our algorithm overlords. We'll start with the Google search algorithm. And this is an amazing program which can, with genius and I'm convinced a little black magic, shift through 2 billion websites and return high-quality search results in seconds. So, let's ask, how does Google make money? Google has sponsored results that show up first. These are the ones at the top which have the sponsored tag. And how do they make this advertising real estate valuable? They bring hordes of eyes of potential customers to their search page. And how do they keep those hordes of eyes coming by? They produce high-quality search results for whatever we, the customers, type into their search bar. So, what would that mean the managers at Google want their algorithm to look for? 
And the answer is top quality content that will answer the question that was typed in the search bar. So your job as a creator is to create content that is top quality and done so in a way that the search algorithm can easily tell what it is. And that seems like an obvious purpose for a search algorithm. That should apply across all platforms, right? Yeah, nah, not exactly. Let's take a look at some of the other platforms. TikTok is almost the opposite. Although there is a search function you can use that will try and give you decent results, the main use of TikTok is not to search for anything. You may start there to get your feed going in the right direction, but TikTok is optimized to provide results to you that you didn't search for, but the algorithm thinks you like. The TikTok algorithm is highly tuned to judge our behavior and predict what will entertain us. TikTok found that if you are just given what you think you like, you won't stay scrolling as long as if TikTok serves up surprises and something new. We all know that we get bored with the same thing after a little while. So TikTok has gotten amazingly good at continually giving us something different, but still what we like. How does it do that? Well, that's a little bit of that black magic we keep talking about. We just know that they're incredibly good at it. Well, we know that the longer we stay scrolling away on the app, the more money they make. So the TikTok algorithm is looking for short videos that will keep us entertained and engaged. It is the immediate entertainment value that TikTok is looking for. So we have Google that wants to provide exactly what we're looking for, and TikTok that wants to provide what we are looking for just enough to bridge us to an entire new world that we will then spend until 3 a.m. exploring. YouTube is a combination of the two. If you are searching for a how-to, you have the full power of the Google algorithm finding the right video answer. But you will also see an armful of related suggestions to try and get you to click through more videos. And how does YouTube make money? By people clicking on videos and viewing the ads before, during, and after. So YouTube is looking for videos that people will want to watch. Yes, a view counts after 30 seconds, and the viewers have already seen an ad at the beginning, but the ads in mid-roll are much more lucrative. So finding videos that keep attention for 5 to 10 minutes is a priority. Instagram is a different thing and keeps trying to change what it is. A few years ago, it would show you posts based on what you liked. Then it tried to be an entertainment app with short-form video like TikTok. They were still trying to create this endless scroll, but they had found a more effective drug. So Instagram continues to look at how people react to the video and whether they like it enough to stay scrolling on the app. And that tracks with how Instagram makes its money, which is keeping people scrolling the platform and seeing the ads. So with these examples, how would you attract the algorithm's attention? If you have a blog and you want to attract the Google algorithm, you would want to give as quality of an answer to a question or as good of a presentation of a concept as possible so that people who search for whatever it is you do will love the result. With Google, your job is to figure out what you are offering and do an outstanding job doing it. With YouTube, you want to create a video that captures attention and keeps people engaged with what you are presenting. With TikTok and Instagram, you want to be creating something that gives a quick emotional response. The reason why I like the Google algorithm is that it is constantly updated with new ways of determining quality of content. So its goals are 100% aligned with 
your goals of providing a quality service to your community. There is no reason to try and trick the algorithm because it wants exactly what your readers and you want. So we can focus on providing excellent value to our community and we will be found by Google soon enough. Google will be monitoring how our viewers behave and if Google decides the viewers are happy, then our ranking will increase. Instagram and TikTok are a little bit more tricky as they're trying to be entertainment. So the content actually doesn't have to be that high of quality. It just has to be entertaining. Me tripping while carrying 12 food trays has zero educational value and would get a low ranking by both the community and by Google if it were on my webpage. But on TikTok or Instagram, it might go viral because of the entertainment aspect. So Google is aligned with our purpose, and TikTok and Instagram require that we serve two masters. We need to provide value to our community, but we must also do it in a way that has our customer entertained. Now, you'll notice that this episode on SEO is halfway through, and I haven't yet touched on specific techniques. That's coming, and I'll do a simple overview, but what I'm trying to communicate is that although we do have to understand the algorithm's motives, our top priority is to feed our community. The one thing all algorithms cannot ignore is popularity. If your content is good enough that people stay and watch or read and like it, save or share, then it will push you to the top of the stack. My audience with this podcast is people who are building a community as opposed to people who are targeting a community. What's the difference? Well, the person who is building a community is part of that community, loves and lives the topic, and wants it to grow. The person targeting the community has determined that the community is big enough and the keywords are attainable enough that they can produce a website with carefully curated posts to bring enough eyes by to make some good money with ads and affiliate links. One will have a shopping list on their site with the best products, and there may be some that allow affiliate links. The other will have a shopping list that only has products that will provide affiliate links. You see how one is building community and the other is being a parasite of the community? I recognize that the builders need to use the same techniques as the parasites. And unfortunately, the parasites are often better at making money because they're not worried about true quality. They only need to put on the facade of quality enough to fool the search engine. And how do you do this? Well, you create content that looks authoritative to the unsophisticated audience. That would be the new people to the community that are in the most need of good information. The builder is burdened with making sure the information is solid. So, to the builders, I would like to give some tricks that the parasites use so you can give them a run for their money and take the search engine attention away. But first, some SEO basics. The top priority for you as a community builder is to get into the mind of the level of the person you want to attract. The reason is that you want to know what they ask and how they talk. This is what they will type into a search bar, and that is the kind of content they will be telling, by their behavior, the Instagram and TikTok algorithms they like. And this comes down to keywords. Keywords are the words that people type into search bars. And what words they use are a result of how deep into the community they are. Consider the search terms pet lizards, chameleon, Jackson's chameleon, and Triocerus jacksonii xanthalophus. This is my favorite example because my niche is chameleons. 
If I, as a content creator, use the words pet and lizards, I will be telling the search algorithm to send me the type of person that would ask about pet lizards. This would be the people so new to having a pet lizard that they don't even know the different types of lizards. They are looking for suggestions. The person typing in chameleon is savvy enough to know what they are looking for and is probably at the level of wondering how to take care of a chameleon and if a chameleon is right for them. Someone typing in Jackson's chameleon has done a little bit of research and so is on their way to be experienced. Anyone typing in Trioceros jacksonii xanthalophus, which is the scientific name down to the subspecies designation, is a sophisticated reader. So what words I use to describe the subject of my content will dictate which level of person a search engine will attach to my content. And since the search engine is looking for the best results, you will want to select the right term and then make it a point to use that term often. In fact, the trick is to use it as often as you can. Pick a keyword that you want to show up for and use it generously. But don't overuse it. Keyword stuffing is a common tactic where people would stuff the keywords in so much that it was uncomfortable for humans to read. Google has gotten very wise to this, and now your readability score is part of your ranking. If you are found to be keyword stuffing, your ranking tanks. I remember when I went to interview with a company back in my corporate product marketing days. I noticed that their website had a pretty active blog. Although it wasn't posting regularly, it had a good bit of posts already up. I like to read the blogs of companies I go to interview with because it tells me how clever their marketing outreach is. And this was a complete disaster. They literally had a computer write the blog. I know this because every sentence was grammatically correct, but to a human, it was a hellscape of jargon. You could read any sentence, and even though it was structured as an English sentence should have been, it conveyed no useful information. The company had hired someone to create automated posts that were written for the search engine, not for the humans. So I knew this company was led by people who had no passion for what they were doing. Nobody cared enough to connect with their potential customers. Someone read a book on how to game the system, and that is what they did. Of course, it was probably an old book or one thrown together by a get-rich-quick internet guy because they neglected to take into account that Google does that readability check on the web page to make sure it is useful for humans. And they check bounce rate so they know how useful it is to anyone going to that page. So I am sure that this was wasted money because their readability score would be in the sewer. No one would ever link to this jargon disaster, so there would be no backlinks. And the bounce rate, which is how many people saw the page and left quickly, would be off the charts. So this blog that was meant to game the system was actually an anchor around their neck dragging them down. So, yes, trying to game the system is a fast way to have the opposite effect. Google knows what you are trying to do. As far as social media, it is even worse to game the system because if the first 50 people that are shown your post don't like it, you are dead in the water. So the winning formula is to select one keyword per web page or post and use that enough times that the search engine is clear what you are talking about and who to serve up your post. Make the content as valuable as possible so other websites want to link to it. Of course, this sounds like a reasonable couple of steps for a blog. How about if we are creating an Instagram post or YouTube video or podcast? How does that translate over? And once again, 
you use what is available. You have a title and a description that you can select proper keywords, and then if the content is good, it will be shared. Now, for it to be shared, it needs to be relevant and useful. So how do we figure out what is relevant and useful? We need to figure out what our target audience cares about. If you are part of your niche community, then you should know what the community pain points are. But you may be so deep in your community that you're not sure how you can help the beginners and what questions they are asking. And heck, maybe you want to reach the people that aren't in your community yet. Well, if you want to speak to beginners, you need to go where the beginners are. And for this, I have two tools easily available to you that I can suggest. The first is Google itself. If you know your keyword is, say, chameleons, you can type chameleon in the search bar, and Google has this wonderful feature where they suggest questions to you based on the word or phrase you typed in. So try it. Uh, I typed in DeLorean because I've always loved that car, and if I had a site about DeLoreans or wanted to create posts for people curious about DeLoreans, I would want to know what other people were searching for. So all I did was type DeLorean into the Google search bar, and Google gave me some suggested questions. How much does a DeLorean cost now? Are DeLoreans still made? How many DeLoreans exist? Who currently owns DeLorean? And you can click on those questions and Google will generate even more questions it is searched for. So by this simple exercise, you have the exact titles and topics of as many blog posts as you want to start working on. And you can use these for social media posts because you can still use these ideas to guide what types of things you will post about. Because you already know that people were wondering about these things. Next, you can take yourself to the forum-style social media. Top platforms are Facebook and Reddit. Go to beginner forums and hang out there for a while and watch what questions continually come up. Those are pain points being provided to you in real time. Be the solutions to those problems. I've created entire courses around pain points that continually come up on social media. The Google search shows you beginners that are so new that they're not part of any community yet, while the social media search shows you the thoughts of beginners that are far enough along to be part of the community. And that's a pretty good spread for you to create a website or a social media outreach. Now, if I want to speak to community members further along in their development, then I need to put myself where those people are. If I want to speak to DeLorean enthusiasts, then I may take a weekend to go to a car show and listen to the conversations around me. I know the thought of doing something in real life will have many of us hyperventilating, but this is part of living the niche. Once again, if you are wanting to build community, you are part of that community, and your greatest inspiration for content will be listening to the pain points of the people around you. The Google question works on volume, so you'll be getting questions from beginners from that method. And if you want traffic volume, well, that's your perfect place to find topics. If you're wanting to make posts in a site for a more sophisticated segment of the community, then you need to be where they are. If it is specialty forums or in-person meetups, that's where you have to go. Of course, that is probably no problem because if you are community building, you are already there. The reason the parasites are always at the beginner level is because that is where they find enough volume to run by their ads and they can find topics using these simple methods I laid out. But they won't be doing anything advanced. In my podcast on chameleons, half the topics come from community pain points that come up over and over and the other half come from my desire for personal growth and what I am interested in. That makes my podcast of interest to both beginners and to advanced keepers. 
This is a difficult balance and would confuse the search engines, but I produce so much content that I can afford to have two separate demographics that I am serving. But when you are starting and training the algorithm, so to speak, it is best to stick with one target audience, lock that down, and then expand later. So to boil this down, the absolute best SEO is to have a focused audience you are writing for and create a piece of content that effectively solves their pain point. The resulting response from your community will tell the search algorithms all they need to know. Constantly adhering to this template will build your digital reputation and the traffic will follow. And to summarize, the way to make this easy on the search engines is to select the proper terminology that your target audience would use and you use that generously in your writing. This is true whether you have an entire blog's worth of paragraphs to write in, or even if you just have a title, short description, a Twitter's length of characters, an Instagram bio's worth of space, and even down to the alt text on images. Consistent use of the same keyword across all those spaces will generate even more momentum as people from that segment of the community gather around. SEO is simple when community building. Focus on specific segments of the community, constantly and generously use the terminology that they would use, and solve their pain points. Basically, serve your community the best you can and aggressively search out how you can serve them better. Algorithms will not be able to ignore you. You can further dive deeply into SEO practices. Keywords can be an entire study of their own, and you can develop a strategy of high-volume, high-competition words called short-tail keywords and low-volume, low-competition words called long-tail keywords. There are software services that will search for and provide to you collections of these keywords, and it can get to the point where you are feeling like you need to learn more and more about these strategies to compete. And I tell you yes and no. It is always good to know the tools, and be an expert at the tools. That is how you excel. But I also want you to know that what you have as a dedicated community member living the life is valuable beyond what those tools can offer. The first step for you as a content creator is not to dig deep into tearing apart search engines. The first step for you is to realize that there are vast teams of engineers working day and night trying to teach these search algorithms to extract from the internet what you instinctively know your community needs. So dig deep into yourself and your community for direction and focus. Combine that with the simple keyword strategy I laid out here and you will have the bulk of the important parts of SEO for Google, Instagram, YouTube, or whatever algorithm you are working with. Once you have that down, and you are making keyword content on a regular basis, you can dive more deeply into the art of SEO. I want to make it clear that getting to the level where you are familiar with terminology like short and long tail keywords and becoming adept at advanced SEO strategies is a great place to go and will only benefit you and your outreach. But the message I hope I have successfully communicated is that if you are living the life of your niche and are deeply involved in the community already, that you have a unique insight that is much more valuable than the advanced techniques. Wrapping those insights with basic keyword techniques will get you very far. Once again, search algorithms aren't mysterious beings. They want to provide their users with top quality content. I encourage you to put more time into consistently creating top quality content rather than staying on top of the latest loophole hacks. 
Thank you for joining me here for an introduction into SEO for content creators. I am slowly building the Instagram outreach for the niche content creator. And if you would like to be on the ground floor and watch as that takes shape, I invite you to find me on Instagram at niche content creator, all one word. Have a great day exploring this digital jungle we love so much. And I will see you next time.